When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and... Which one of you chunks has got any guts? Perfect Nicholson. Flawless. I'm Carter, and you know, Billy, what worries me is how your hunk is going to take this. Mm. 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 I'm worried about how our hunk is going to take this. I was playing tennis. I was playing doubles tennis with my friends, and I screwed up my leg. So sue me. I pulled a calf muscle doing Mm. what I love most. I think if anybody knows me, they know that I love to play tennis. Yeah. If nothing else. I think really why I'm a hunk is I have had so much time now in being immobile for so long because obviously I'm always out at the courts. Right. Uh, I'm just learning a lot about myself, which I think kind of goes in line with our series. So Who is Carter if he can't have tennis, you know? You never had to answer that before now. Now all of my shoes are just called shoes. Mm. All your balls are just balls. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All your tennis rackets are just rackets. The elbow that hurts me is really just elbow. Just elbow. Yeah. The courts, the tennis courts, they're just courts. What is life without tennis? And tennis, car- tennis Carter is just Carter now. You're just going to have to play Ninus from now on. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Hey, that sucks so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> if you're at home or in your car and you don't get the joke, congratulations. <laughs> hey, what if you're so much better when you come back that you're actually playing a new game called Elevenous? That's enough. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. It's embarrassing. You're you're making me cuckoo. 
We're continuing our series. Jordan uh, broke, y'all. Our series with no <laughs> name. It. Uh, a series devoted to simply our love for… Uh, Matt, we already decided it's Matt and Jack teach us how to not to do mental health. Yeah, Matt and Jack teach us how to not to do mental health. Um, Jack and we, Matt, hey, don't do that. That's not bad. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you sing it to the tune of Yakety Yak. <laughs> Jack, Jack and, and Matt, Matt, don't do that. Man, if it's not obvious that we're doing a double recording today just from the energy in this episode. <laughs> we got that end of episode energy right at the beginning of this one. We just yeah. finished recording our departed episode. And Mini Monday. And another Mini Monday before that departed episode. This, I mean, we're just… We're on cloud know. 10 I even. I don't know who I am without this podcast mic in front of me. <laughs> Let's get into this episode, though. Let's get into this episode, the mo- the one where we talk about the movie uh, known only and simply as One, one Flew Over the, the Cuckoo's nest. nest. I don't know that I said nest. I said nen, I think, but it'll, it yeah. counts. <laughs> it works. It counts. Um, this was my first time watching this movie. Same. Um, and so I'm excited to talk about it. But before we talk about it, I do need Doge. To give me a synopsis. There are, sorry guys, there are so many birds in my front yard right now. <laughs> mm. Is any of them a cuckoo bird? Perhaps. Holy, dude. There, there were six more out of my line of sight just now. I think there are nine. That's got to be close to 15 birds just like right outside this window. Jeez. What a, one, what a wondrous and wild world we live in. Crazy. <laughs> I'm like the... Freaking crap brothers over Synopsis here. Synopsisize me, Captain. <laughs> Thank you, Carter. Sorry, I have a burp. Was that a burp? <laughs> a burp. It's it sounds doing... like something heavy fell down in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I did. I have a soda stream tank again. I haven't had one for a couple of years, and I keep making sparkling water. And the bubbles are so small and powerful. Is that bottle is not supposed to be shaped like a normal bottle? Oh, I put it in the dishwasher. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it also says don't use after 2018. So I'm drinking BPAs. All Ew, day long. after 2018? Drinking beepums over I'm there. I'm concerned. Reduce, reuse, retire, expire. <laughs> this week's synopsis is written by Ahmet Kozen on IMDb and read to us by Jack Nicholson himself. Mm. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I, I I learned last episode. I can't do it if I open my eyes too big. I have to relax my eyes and over-engage my mouth muscles. A criminal pleads insanity and is admitted to a mental institution where he rebels against the oppressive nurse and rallies up the scared patients. That was good. That part. Scared Which was, was great. Scared. Was when you said scared. Was scared. Great. Was it rallies? <clears throat> rallies too, was good. Not Rally. rallies. <laughs> I can't. Do, I can't. I can't be consistent on it. By the end of this episode, Which I'm gonna nuts has got any guts. By the end of this episode, I'm gonna do the perfect Jack Nicholson. I'm excited for it, Carter. That was Gary Busey. Yeah, that was all teeth. Oh, fun. All teeth, no Jack. That was all Gary teeth, Busey. No Jack. Makes Gary a dull boy. Yep. <laughs> first time. This is my first time watching this movie. This is yeah. <clears throat> prefaced by saying. This is uh, with Silence of the Lambs, the only other film to have all. F- I I I know when y'all freeze, I freeze to you. So that's funny. 
Is that what you're laughing about? Yes. It was you went, like, you the went, only, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-u
it, it at least makes it a little easier to watch knowing that he is supposed to be a bad dude. Um, yeah, it's not an un- undercover therapist that wants to study <laughs> mental patients. <laughs> right. it's, a, it's a criminal trying to get out of doing hard labor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, his crime is not great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's no bueno. Yeah, his yeah, crime is, is um, sex with a minor. Statutory rape yep. is the crime, yeah. which is... Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the two chunks and a hunk has an official stance that that is bad. How about yeah. that? Yeah. It, it was tough to get past that for me because I think we're supposed, to, too, we're supposed to at least somewhat on some level root for McMurphy. Right. I think in some way we're supposed to take his side over Nurse Ratched's side of like, because I think at its, a, a positive viewing of this movie would be, hey, McMurphy's able to see the humanity in folks who are, you know, a little bit more neurodiverse than Nurse Ratched is comfy with. Right. Right. And he wants them to be able to watch the game and leave and go on trips and like live and experience things. Um, and so like I think that's an easy thing to get behind, but it 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 he is very nearly unrootforable to me. <laughs> yeah. And and it is all because of of his crime. And it makes it really yeah. tough to get past that. <laughs> Worth noting that. You know, this is this just like the departed is an adapted screenplay of a previous mm-hmm. work. The of an author, book, right? The the author of the novel hates this movie. Yeah. Uh not in a Stephen King way, <laughs> but like <laughs> like hates this movie because it is it is not and so it makes me interested in not wanting to, because the setting there's a lot of things that are the same about this in the novel from what I've heard, and I don't think I want to read that. Uh, right. I don't think I'm in a place to read that and go through that again and on I'm a more detailed level. I'm fairly certain the novel is written from the point of view of the character called Chief. It is. And I yeah, think it's, I think that changes a lot of what we view. It's far more interesting that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. But I mean, I get it. You're in the 70s. You want Jack Nicholson to be the lead. It makes sense. And he is Great in this. He's really good. Yeah. Chuck Nicholson is two movies in a row, my super pump. Oh, is he? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Bring it nobody on. is nobody is surprised sure. that Jack Nicholson is a good actor. That that may be the coolest, mildest take that we ever offer you, <laughs> our <laughs> listeners, on two chunks and a Hey guys, Jack Nicholson's pretty <laughs> you, good. Have you heard of this Jack guy? I think he's gonna have a good career. <laughs> no, he's He's great in this. Sure. Yeah, he's fantastic. This feels like, and it's one of those things where watching this for the first time, nearly 50 years after its release, I can't tell if this role is like, oh my goodness, this role is perfect for Jack, or if this role has affected my perception of Jack. Do you know what I mean? Like coming, I don't know if I have a view of Jack that is independent of this movie, independent of like The mm-hmm. Shining. Mm-hmm. To be like, oh, this is great for him. If I just heard about this role in a vacuum, I would love him to play that. Or if my perception of him is so influenced by this role, well, of course it feels like it's made for him because that's what I think of him as. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's tough. I I don't know that. Yeah. He's such a, he's just a caricature in general. There's like so many things about him that no one else in the world has. Yeah. Outside of his personality, like the way this man looks, like his eyebrows. And like he's just got features that tend to be with these people that are just icons that live forever as mm-hmm. <laughs> just like tales. Like they're just yeah. like they'll be around for a really long time. And it's interesting that this is actually near the beginning of his career. This is five like, years before The Shining. Yeah, five years before The Shining. And so this was kind of a 
I would imagine at his age winning an Oscar solidification at this point. I think maybe he, yeah. before this he had maybe done um uh, there was another big movie that he had done before and I'd have to go look at that. Oh, Chinatown was like the year before. Oh. And Chinatown is another uh, pretty critically acclaimed flick. Yeah. Just a year before. But yeah, he kind of bursts onto the scene and carries this thing about his acting style that's kind of a doesn't really care what you think. Yeah. He felt like he he had given himself whatever he believed to be a right to his own artistic freedom from the, from the jump. Mm-hmm. And people just went with it. Yeah, I think this movie is full of incredible performances. Yeah. Um, like really kind of a strong showing from every single person. And I wouldn't be shocked to find out that it's because Jack Nicholson showed up. <laughs> like the fact that he's there yeah. has to, even at that time, like you're saying, like coming hot off of Chinatown, he's got a reputation already. Like the fact that he shows up has got to make people go time to step the game up a little bit. Yeah. You think he's yeah. that kind of catalytic force that elevates the performance of people around? Because we talked before about how like… absolutely is now. But I have right, to right, assume right. that somebody that magnetic… There's something about his face like you're saying, Carter. He's got the face of a star because of the expressiveness of it. Like there's just something about Jack. I feel like he comes onto a project even at that time. Even with that smaller reputation than he has now. And it's got to make everybody around him rise with the tide. Yeah. I feel. You know, like we're getting Christopher Lloyd. We're getting Danny DeVito crushing it. Not that I'm surprised. Baby, baby DeVito. I couldn't tell it was him. Me at neither. First. Yeah. What's the happening youngest, too, you know, we talk about <laughs> the studded cast. This was not a star-studded cast when it came out. Right. That's what's so fun. Right. It's like Lloyd isn't Doc yet. Uh, right. DeVito isn't just any other thing that he did. You know, it's funny that DeVito feels like this is one of his most forgettable roles, but Martini is one of the most wonderful characters. Yeah. Yes. In yeah. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I think it's just because it is so separate from things that he's done before. Um, it's funny to think of one of his first big things being a drama with yeah. Danny DeVito. Honestly, the same with Christopher Lloyd. Uh, it, but the, the thing is, though, they are both… This is not a dramedy. I think this is no. ultimately a drama. There are supposed to be funny parts, right? There's sure. these comedic parts to this story. Um. But everything else is so heavy, it doesn't feel like it's a comedy. So Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, actually, I'm going to go ahead and, speaking of the, the fun stuff that does exist in this movie, I am going to go ahead and super pump right now. Yeah, take me there. Um, my super pump is anytime we get to see um, McMurphy's friendship with the other patients at the facility. Yeah. Things like when he rallies around for the World Series. And it starts with just him wanting to do it for himself and trying to pull other people in. But then when he fakes the World Series announcement so that they can all get excited about something. And I know he's trying to be annoying, but it's yeah. really like fun and wholesome there for that moment. Um, specifically, it culminates for me with the fishing trip. He obviously has a selfish reason to do it, but he could have gone by himself if he wanted to. He was already out. Yeah. The fact that he waits for them so that he can take them all fishing and all like the chaos of everybody has snuck around to try and see what they're doing in the room. And then I can't remember his character's name. He abandons his post at the steering wheel 
And yeah. then oh, what a great character. Christopher Lloyd Ch- tries to catch the fish, and then everybody just loses their minds all at one time, and it's so crazy and intense yeah. and hilarious. Uh, but yeah, just the the friendship. I think what it is is despite all of the character flaws um, that McMurphy has, he is the one person that comes in from the outside and just sees everybody that's in there with him. He sees their yeah. value as people. He sees them as humans and hangs out with them. Not see, always, I think not 100%, but more than I, anyone else. I think that's a possible read on it, though. I think that's the maybe the positive read on it. But then I, I think it, you could also make a compelling case that he's faking the World Series to get them excited about it so he can win the vote to annoy Nurse Ratched. Like, I think you can you can say he's taking them all on the fishing trip, not because he values them as people, mm-hmm. but because he knows that would make Nurse Ratched so angry if he took yeah. everybody with. You know what I mean? I think you can make a compelling case that the things that he does that seem to be altruistic for these folks are only ever to to annoy Nurse Ratched. And I, I actually yeah, don't know what side I come down on. Yeah, I know. I I, I lean more towards altruism, if not for, not for everybody, but specifically for, I think, the nucleus of the tragedy of this film is the relationship between McMurphy and Billy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He really does, I feel like, genuinely, his heart breaks for this kid. Yeah. And we even have a scene to where he's saying, like, why are you know, why doing you all this? to be here? Yeah. Honestly, the saddest parts of this have everything to do with the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Nurse Ratchet. You know, my super pump is Nurse Ratchet, And it's really weird. And it's, it's mm. that performance because, you know— I, we did like our Mount Villain Rushmore and things like that. I'm not I'm not about to put her up there because I do feel like that there's some characters that I enjoyed more and I think had had a lot of layers to him. But uh Louise Fletcher, who who is the best actress winner, yep. there is something subtle about her evilness in this. Yeah. And and to yeah. find out too that she does approach the role as if she does legitimately feel like she's helping them. There is something just so, it's kind of like when you're talking about the difference between Umbridge and Voldemort. Yeah. There's an, there's an Umbridge-ness to her. Yeah, totally. In that what's so terrifying about Nurse Ratchet is not only do these people exist, these people exist in that exact setting. Exactly. Yeah. We talked about Matt Damon being able to pull strings in The Departed. The power, the lording power that Nurse Ratchet has over the lives of these mentally unstable yeah. What we see are beautiful souls. It doesn't matter if they're beautiful or not. The power that she has is devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's terrifying because that's still a thing. Like right. people, it doesn't take much for someone to be given a job that nobody else wants. Yeah. That's yeah. freaking terrifying to me. Like I was looking up shock therapy stuff and we'll get to that scene soon. That that scene makes me sick. It's yeah. so sad. He plays that so well too. Oh, oh, oof! It just makes me. It's sad. It's yeah. tragic. But now, guys, that say, wasn't. Hold up! Did you know that electric shock therapy was not outlawed until like three years ago? Geez. You're kidding me! And there's been there's been an institution recently. There was an article I read from 2020 of an institution recently that like found some way to wiggle around and bring it back. So there's still an existing Unbelievable. mental institution that uses shock therapy. I can't believe Unbelievable. That. I mean, I think since uh, the, I think since you bring up Umbridge, I actually, I think Nurse Ratched succeeds in the ways that she is different from Umbridge. Because I think it would have absolutely ruined the movie to me if it was as, uh, 
as blatant as Umbridge is. I was actually mm. <laughs> thinking about Nurse Ratched and thinking, man, I'm glad she's not that type of like manipulative and that type of like absolute power. And maybe it is because this is intended for a different audience than perhaps mm-hmm. Harry Potter is. I think that's not much of a stretch to assume. <laughs> right. Uh, but Umbridge is so like over the top and clearly, uh, Ratched is just so much more nuanced. Yeah, you know what I mean? I it's, it's way more subtle, way more underplayed. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, two things. One, if Nurse Ratched was played today, it would be Jane Levinson Gould and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> Melora um, Hardin? Yes. Like, I mean, she is played today by Sarah Paulson in the Netflix But I'm show. saying this version of Ratched, this, not a prequel yeah. version, like this one, sure. this age, all that, 100%. Second of all, I need both of you to out loud say her name. Ratched. It's with a D. Thank you. Okay, I was just double checking. It sounded like oh, we were getting ra- a lot of ratchet. ratchets thrown around, and I wanted to know ratchet putting some respect on her name. It's like wretched, right? That's the right. thing. Yeah, yeah. People were yeah, calling but- each other ratchet back then. <laughs> there is something that happens in what feel like I think we use the term a slower movie a sure. lot, and yeah. I think that's because it's I mean literally not moving at the quickest pace. Yeah, it's a slow burn. But with slow burns, you do tend to get some pretty rapidly forming character development. Uh, especially if that, that time is spent in dialogue and just having... It was interesting to hear about how they just did a ton of filming of just filming people's reactions. So we do, in, in terms of like a therapeutic setting, we do get like multiple... Uh, it's, a, it's either a three or a four beat. I can't remember how many times we have them all sitting together. Um, and a lot of the times, we're not really even looking at people that are talking. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting yeah. cinema, cinematography. I thought that was an interesting cut yeah. to do that and just have people reacting. And there's not a, an actor much better in the world at reacting than Jack Nicholson. That's someone who you want to have. You want to have like that extra screen, you know? Let's yeah. just have Jack the just whole time. Jack, Jack vision Jack down Cam. the corner. Yeah. They don't do that because that's a, a bad idea unless you're trying to be Ocean's movie or unless something. you're trying to make a good movie. Right, but I think Jack would take all the attention from everything else, probably. It's also true. Yeah, no, I I, I think um, the group therapy sessions were interesting because they weren't group therapy sessions. That, no, not at all. It was like Nurse Ratched was like, tell me about your problem. Anybody want to speak to him about his problem? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, yeah. a continued yeah. look at... I, I'm becoming increasingly convinced that there might not be good representation of talk therapy in any single movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Because like what else... Like we've watched a lot of movies with therapists in them yeah. and they're all bad. The closest I ever got to seeing something that looked like my therapy on screen was the first like three episodes of The Sopranos. Mm. And I stopped after three episodes because yeah, it lost me. So, yeah. Yeah. There's parts of there's parts of next week's movie that felt more true to experience, but Sure. We'll talk about that I'm sure when we get to it. But yeah, it's uh it's just so first of all it's it's an interesting take on the idea of a group therapy session but i don't think it was supposed to look like a good one i think the point is that she right she i don't know if if we're supposed to think that she like relishes the opportunity to sit and force them to talk about those things you know what i mean like i don't know what the takeaway necessarily is 
like, are we supposed to go, she enjoys the power she has to make them quake in their boots because they have to speak next, or she enjoys... No, I think the thing... Sorry, I didn't mean to say no. It could be any of those things. I think for me, it is... I don't like that she's not aware of how bad she is. That's what's scary to me. You think that she doesn't know that she causes intense fear in them? No. she She doesn't care enough to recognize their emotions as human emotion. Right, because she totally writes them off, believes them to be somehow less than human just because of their neurodiversity. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, yeah. I can see. That. I think. I mean, I think that's the read I got from her. Maybe she enjoys being an evil person, though. I, I think that's. I didn't get honestly that a valid read necessarily read. either. I, for me, and maybe this is maybe this is saying the same thing. The read that I got was that she thinks she, I think she thinks she's helping. Yeah. In my mind, I don't think she ever thinks she killed Billy. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Which is awful. Right. I think she blames Jack. Yes. Or or McMurphy. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I think she says he killed him. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah, the that type of person doesn't typically do well at taking responsibility for their actions. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. it's just it's just an interesting dynamic here because she's kind of Hannibal Lectory in the sense that she's not on screen for that long. Like by no, the time the isn't. movie's done, we have spent about as much screen time with Scatman Crothers <sighs> as we yeah. have with Did him and Did Ratchet. him and Jack just be like, let's do all the spooky ones together? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's do the weird <laughs> stuff together. <laughs> maybe. I thought honestly. By the way, I thought he was fantastic in this. Yeah. When is Scatman Crothers ever not fantastic? Yeah, though? creepy though. Yeah. Jack, real creepy down in that bathroom. Yeah, poor poor Jack has been in historically awful environments for movies. <laughs> like there have there's horror stories from both. There's a lot of good stories from this too from the cast in post. But right. there's there's stories of like how tough it was to film this movie in uh, the mental institution. And obviously, The Shining is probably the most well known of like, hey, this was a this nightmare is working on bad. this. Yeah, this is torture. Yep. But it was interesting to hear the relationship between production and the facility. They were actually right. filming at a facility that was still being used. So some of the extras that we do see are actually uh, mental patients, patients of that facility. Um, and from what I've heard and read, that 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 relationship ended up being a good one. And uh, Almost anyone that was had anything to do with the production had a handful of patients that they were responsible for, friendships formed, things like that. So, you know, at least there's not just a bunch of a crap there. The boat ride when they're out, evidently everyone but Jack got awfully sick. Danny DeVito can't even go on a boat anymore because <laughs> oh, no. of how awful that scene was. Um, imagine, imagine being the guy who's got to look through a camera lens on that. The whole yeah, time. There, there is no way And then for you me. step away from that. I can't even. I was getting sick knowing that. I was like, Oof. oh my God. I just don't get Absolutely motion sick. No way. Oh, I definitely get motion sick. No, I know you do. Can you do roller coasters? I love roller coasters. I can do roller coasters. That doesn't do it for you? Okay. I, I, you can't like read in a car though. No. Oh my goodness. No way. You, I got motion sick driving a car. <laughs> uh, like a couple of, a couple of, uh, about six weeks ago. Wow. I was going to the top of the park in Yosemite and it was dark. We we're trying to get up to the top by sunrise driving up like 
mountain roads, kind of a bunch of switchbacks, hairpin turns and stuff. I had to pull over. It's a 45-minute drive. I had to pull over three times because I was certain, 100% certain that I was going to spew. I never did. But I, I was like legitimately have never been motion sick driving before. I was in control of the motion. It still made me sick. Your inner ear fluid is just a paste. Gone. It's, it's none. There's it's none just, there. I have no fluid in my inner ears. Thick. <laughs> well, it is um, much yeah, like they take a break from their time. Uh, if you listen, if you jerk the wheel, if you jerk the wheel this hard, I, my inner ear paste is going to go berserk. I'm going to get motion sick and I'll be, I'll be pukey sick boy for all of well, shout announcements. Let me if tell you do something. We're about to be, we're about to do a barrel roll because it's time for shout announcements. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and also, as you know, of course, make announcements. I'm going to give a big old shout out to Kroger, the bakery department. I just remembered that I have a big old cookie cake sitting in my kitchen oh. for my wife's birthday and we haven't even touched it yet. What? Oh, congrats. And, uh, the, Kroger, the Kroger bakery, they, they be baking. They be baking stuff over there, man. Guys. I would love a cookie cake right now. So I'm I haven't eaten anything about. today. I would love a cookie. cake. I walked up to the counter at the bakery, fully intentioned to ask them if they're cool to write cuss words on a cake. <laughs> and the woman, the woman that walked up to decorate the cake was the oldest living woman in the mm-hmm. northern hemisphere of the globe. And she said, <laughs> "Yeah." She was like, she was like. Can I help you? But, and I was like, I was like, can you just, can you just write, oh, you old on this cake? And she goes, <laughs> spell it for me and throws me a sticky note. So I just wrote, oh, 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 you old. <laughs> <laughs> so That's yeah, awesome. shout out Kroger's Bakery Department. Shout out Kroger Bakery. Love you, Kroger Bakery. Love you, Kroger Bakery. You know what else we love? When people support us on Patreon. That's not the only thing we love, but boy, is it nice. We've got a couple of distinct tiers that you can support us at. There's a $3 level and a $5 level. Three bucks gets you access to bonus episodes of our content and the ability to vote twice in any polls that we may or may not be planning on doing very soon. And the $5 tier gets you all that, plus access to our patron-only Discord, where we do things like argue about whether Dune's going to make money. Oof. Oof. It got pretty brutal in there. Guys, we got need, pretty brutal. We need you to rate and review. We Let's know see. that there are some of you out there. There's actually many of you out there that have not rated or reviewed the podcast. And I know we live in a world where it's, you know, we we stream one place. Uh we don't really like I don't I don't feel like a lot of people are using Apple Podcasts. But if you go review and rate over there, that really means a lot to us. We've had campaigns before that have put us number one in the world in some countries for TV and film review podcasts because of rating and reviewing. And that's really what gets that algorithm to kind of have more organic finds for people to see us show up on these certain lists. So it's it's pretty simple. And it's a matter of like, if you've already rated and reviewed, that doesn't mean you are exempt from this. That means you probably know somebody who either hasn't listened to the podcast or has and has not rated and reviewed. So go do that. We're trying to get 300 by our fourth birthday, which is just right around the corner. Uh, October is almost here, which is very strange. So rate review, please. And and now it's me, Jack, taking you back into the show. But first, here's an ad. 
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I can't help but notice that neither of you have super pumped or super dumped, have you? I have super pumped. I've already super pumped. There's well, I, could, I Well, I, I guess I'm not that observant. You can't, you, you were right though. You can't help but notice that we have. Hmm. We have. Mm, and when, says. You it, when you put it that way, it really does make <laughs> me sound better. I so my super dump mm. is even though McMurphy's lobotomy is a tragic consequence of what seems to me being perceived as really wrong for him to have candy with Billy in that cell. I could have done without that. I could have done without the hey candy, do me a favor. And sleep with this, yeah, boy, yeah. Um, That's yep. pretty gross. And again, you know, in, in any <laughs> describing word I would have for it, I do find myself wondering, like, is that the intent? It's supposed to be bad, right? It's supposed to sure, yeah. Like maybe McMurphy is supposed to definitely feel guilt. How can you not? Even though yeah. he would, he would possibly argue that Ratched really pushed him over the edge. It is. This wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for McMurphy, right? Right, sure. And so that's what's just so nuanced about it and just kind of awful. But um, either, I, I haven't decided yet if it's just like, because it made me personally feel uncomfortable. And again, this is my super dump. Or I feel like it shouldn't have been there altogether. Like it could have been, there could have been better storytelling if that wasn't what did it. Yeah. Uh, but that was so hard for me. And I, I, I just, yeah, I'm still wrestling with not wanting it to exist because I just don't want it to or because I thought it could have been done differently. But that's my super dumb. It's fair. I can get on board with that. It, it's certainly nasty. I mean, it's presented like we're supposed to root for, like we're supposed to root for Billy. Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know. It, it just does feel sort of gross to me. Yeah. I, I have the largest problem with the fact that he feels like he can ask that of Candy. Yeah. And that Candy's just like, yeah, whatever you say, bud. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Which, if she wants to, she wants to. But like the agency thing and the yeah, sort of lack of agency is the stuff that grosses me out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to pile on super dumps. I'll wait just a little bit for mine because okay. something else that I would like to talk about is um, specifically Nurse Ratched's relationship with McMurphy. Um, the way that they. So, does she know that he's faking? Is that where the zeroing in she does comes from? I mean, right away, like from the beginning, does she? Is that where the? 
I guess, I guess what I mean is does, does she see him and go, he's faking, he shouldn't be here? Or does his antagonizing attitude towards her yeah. cause her to go, I think if he's there's, faking. There's yeah. an assumption. What's tough is like, I assume that she's seen a lot. Sure. Uh, she's in a position that would point to that. You know, she's got some yeah. kind of lead role. So she's been doing this for a long time. I think that's actually what they do with the seasons. It's a prequel, actually, of, of her history of mm-hmm. doing all that. Mm-hmm. But not, not that that was known already. But I think the reasons for her to go at McMurphy are n- not super different from— uh, the only one would be that she thinks he's faking it. But I bet she's had doubts before of other patients faking it. I bet she's had those before McMurphy even get there being antagonistic against her. I mean, that's kind of the role that she plays— um, she is the manifestation of like the straps on the bed. You know, it's like, yeah. we're gonna, yeah. It's you get to sleep here, but you can't really move around very much. You know, it's like, a, right. yeah, it's tough. I, I think though, I feel like she caught on pretty quick. I think she caught on yeah, pretty quick that sure. he was not really, I think she, she could tell he was faking it. I think I agree with that. I think, I think that my read on it was, Pretty quickly, she discovered that he's not, uh, that he doesn't necessarily need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. They're interesting sides of a coin because I think there's times too that I feel like McMurphy feels like she's faking it. Interesting. That Faking like, her care for the patients, you mean? Yeah. That deep down, she's got yeah. something. Because re- he has moments, you know, when he's in there with the, the head of the institution where he's just like, he's, she bothers him. And I think this yeah. is a guy who has had a lot of experience of people that bother him. He's had five, you know, battery charges and all sorts of stuff like that. We yeah. can see him kind of have a short fuse, but there was something different. There was something deeper about her. And maybe in his own kind of screwed upness of just not being a good person, maybe there's things that he saw and he felt that he, he knew she was in the position of so much more power. Because he would have been faking it a different way, right? If he found out that they could keep him the whole time, that thing yeah. he finds out at the pool that's like, hey, you leave when we say so. He yeah. starts getting mad and pointing the finger as to like, why didn't anybody tell me? He would have been playing a different role. Yeah. He yeah. wouldn't have been what he was because yeah. he yeah. knows the power that she has. So I think that's kind of what makes it. It's a slow burn. There's a lot that happens for me in this movie after the credits roll, in credits roll. There's a lot of really interesting things that like come about that's like, I think there's some yeah. movies out there like that. I can't really point to any others. And I'm like, ooh, what if that? Mm. I wonder if that was happening. Yeah. It's valid. That's good. Yeah, this is a very interesting movie. It, it left me thinking about it for a long time afterwards. Um, just the implications of the power dynamics, the implications of what if things had been played differently, not movie-wise, but like actual scenario-wise. Um, movie-wise, though, I do still have a super dump. Um, yeah. I guess Tell it's me. time. Um, I don't love the treatment of the character known as Chief. Um, I don't like that his nickname becomes chief simply because of his nationality. I don't love that he is um, effectively just used as an escape tool by McMurphy. Yeah. And I know that their relationship eventually builds to a little more than that. And it seems like by the end, um, chief is very sad to do what he does to McMurphy and does it. Yeah. It's a mercy kill versus more than anything else. Um, it's actually a McMurphy kill. It's a McMurphy kill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it I just I don't love the way the movie itself treats the character of Chief. It it I don't know. It's just for somebody who is shown at the end to be so complex 
and yeah. so like multifaceted mm-hmm. for most of the movie for him to play characterization wise second fiddle to McMurphy. Yeah. And to be reduced to a big Native American. That is who he is for three quarters of this movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It bummed me out a lot. I did not like that. And I, I there were several things I did not like about this that are all products of the time. I totally understand that. Um, but it just it it was it's hard to digest. And when I think about this movie, I think that most of what I think about will be that. Yeah. Hmm. It's tough. You know, you look at kind of like the the history of of movies and stuff. And, you know, in the mid-70s, uh, Westerns have never not been popular, but they are now not very popular. I think mm-hmm. yeah. 50s, 60s, 70s, like it's still a pretty big deal. You've got your Eastwoods, you know, Wayne to Eastwood to, and then we just kind of keep going. But, um, you know, you look at the top credits of this actor and it is a lot of like Westerns and stuff. And so even in that time frame, it's like, it was such a static. It was like a stagnant, sorry. Like the Native American just kind of played this role. I think one of the things that I didn't like, Jordan, and it felt like it was a creative choice, but kind of a, I don't know why it felt disrespectful to me, but like the, when he's doing all of these actions at the end, this is just such a blatantly tribal like yeah. music in the background. Yeah, music totally. was Native American rough. music. And it was just like, totally. Um, Which sucks because I love that he's the one that could lift the fountain on his own. Like, I love that yeah. he does it. This this symbol of freedom that's bolted to the ground, that he's the one that gets up and tears it open, throws it through the window, and just runs into the distance, I assume, to go to Canada and do his own thing. Like, sure. Like, I love that for him, for his character. And I love that he gets to be the one who rips it out of the ground. Kind of once McMurphy's gone, it's like McMurphy was the chain that was holding him down. And then he got to go break the chain that was holding the fountain down. And then he's gone. Yeah. Um. So I did appreciate that. It's just the treatment of him as a character, as a Native American man, I don't appreciate. I don't. The like more it. that I'm, I'm hearing this, I think it's convincing me that that's actually because I had a hard time sort of nailing down what is my super dump, what's my least favorite part of this movie, and I haven't already, right? I haven't already super dumped. I, I thought so. you did. Did I? Did you not? It's tricky when we do two episodes in a day, right? It is. It is. There's a lot of dumps <laughs> and pumps floating around. A lot of here. dumps and pumps. If this is a double, then it's a double. But uh, knowing that the novel is narrated by yeah, uh, right. by Chief Bromden, uh, it's a little. I don't know. I wish we could have thought of a more creative way to have him actively involved before he reveals that he is neither deaf nor mute. Right. Right? Because it's narrated by him. And so we can have his thoughts and stuff in the novel, but we can't really have that right. in the movie. It feels like we should have maybe let let McMurphy in on the secret a little earlier. or so. I, I don't know. It just, especially like the yeah. fact that he's the main character of the novel and then this, uh, the movie, like, not only moves him away from the main character status, but handles handles him and interacts with him in a less than respectful way. I don't know. Just, it feels like, man, how cool could that have been in, in 1975 to do something a little bit more progressive? Right. Well, and I, I don't know, for all I know, in 1975, having a Native American man get to be the one who gets his freedom at the end, maybe that was sure. hugely This maybe was know. the most progressive thing people could think of. But yeah, yeah it sure. just it doesn't necessarily hold up to a 50 year later. Yeah. Well, and this is a great this. this is a great ramp to how I want to end this one and the next one. This this series of asking us like what are we taking away from this movie? Um, sort of on a on a deeper um 
below surface level kind of um, in, in that way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And for me, I think I want to, I've realized that if there is a movie that is content wise tough because of the time that it was created in, that I saw before that became important to me, I tend to offer it more of a free pass than if I am watching a movie for the first time that I have never seen from an era and that it like it's doing offensive things. I tend to be more bothered by it or it like stops me from enjoying the movie more than, you know, obviously I would love to be able to enjoy every movie that comes my way. And so I guess for me, it's this self-reflection of like, why is it that a movie that I'm already familiar with gets that pass? And mm. should I be should I be allowing the art from the 70s to be what it is and being more okay with it? Or should I be looking more critically at the movies that I already am loving? Because I, I love them before. Yeah, I think, Probably I think both, the answer right? is both. Um, but just once again, it makes me think I always want to be… I always want to be evaluating why I appreciate and like the art that I appreciate and like and make sure that I am not offering too much of a free pass to something that I should be saying, you know what, actually, I don't need that around anymore. Or vice versa, kicking something to the curb because I don't understand the lens through which it was made and viewed at the time. You know, like, I want to do a better job of both of those things, I think. Yeah. Uh, in my comm theory courses one of the first things that we talk about is the danger of a singular worldview, right? Right. Um, and a lot of the times that that singular worldview can be eliminated by research or just getting to know. Honestly, a lot of it is like Christ-like uh, similarities there. But like the danger of a single worldview, and there's it's meta in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because being in a mental institution is not necessarily a popular setting for a movie. Um, and so to go there, and I think the dangers there, you know, like we find McMurphy finds out that some of these guys are volunteers. McMurphy has his own views about what it means to be, uh, for the sake of a derogatory term that he might use, crazy, right? Or like a nut. Right. Like, right. so these connections that he's building are surprising him, right? These things that he's he's getting to live in and figure out, he's like, oh, okay. Like, there's legitimacy here. Yes, there's things that irritate me, but what what person of sound mind doesn't, you know? And like that that kind of stuff just yeah. starts to happen. Uh, there's a danger too of, of, I think how Ratched views her job, um, views what she's supposed to do so tied to uh, what she feels like they need. And who knows what that first experience was for her. I haven't watched the show. That said, you know, from here on out, this is what I believe these things to be. Uh, even looking at the series of like, <laughs> the danger of a worldview of like, if all you've seen is uh, Fermaga as a counselor, the danger of that worldview is, oh, that's what they do. That's a shrink, right? Shrinks shrinks play this way. People do these certain things. The metatextual stuff in this movie is like, um, it can be dangerous and it can age not well for like the role of chief, like of, of how right. we treat that. So I think a lot of what that is, is like with McMurphy being thrown right into an environment that is something he's not used to, mm-hmm. something that's essentially foreign to him. And then he learned, he, hopefully and what you can take from the movie is like he's learning things just because he decided to step into that. Right. Um, with that not being the sake of him doing it in the first place is very interesting. That's kind of a takeaway for me. Sure. Yeah, I think mine is my, I'm probably walking away with some, what of a synthesis of the things that you guys are saying, right? The the singular singular mindset, the dangers of evaluating 
uh, a, I mean, for better or worse, I think we could probably call this movie a historical document, make a compelling case sure. that it's from a different era with different expectations. Uh, judging works like that based on, you know, like they were not created to say something in 2021. They were right. created to say something in 1975. So right. what did this say in 1975? What did a regular old 1975er think about or do? And then in what ways did this movie interact with those and perhaps challenge or reinforce different opinions that they might have had? Um, I just think that's that's probably something we could do better in most movies that we watch. You know, uh, most of them are not this far removed from uh, our time. You know, I don't think that me, a 2021er, thinks about or has opinions that are that much different than a 2006er. So The Departed probably didn't require this kind of, you know, mental time travel to interpret right. it correctly. But I think there's a lot of stuff that, uh, I think that's just a good practice to be in when you're watching stuff that you're not necessarily the primary audience for. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good stuff. You know what's funny is we're intentionally digging down to like our takeaways, but it doesn't feel that different than a conversation we would actually normally have on this podcast. Right, we just sort of formalized it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't It doesn't feel like it's like, man, I wouldn't normally say this, but if I'm going to bear my soul, this podcast is basically 50% like, movies are cool, and 50% like, I'm struggling with this thing. <laughs> and then we're just like very real about it. So I'm proud of that. That makes me happy. Same. I would like to rate this movie because it's time to do that. And we're going to do that using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it. And then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I did not think I would do this for a movie that is as decorated as my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rent this movie. Mm -hmm. I think this movie, it feels like there's things about this movie. Whew, I'm trying to be careful not to compare it to Silence of the Lambs because that doesn't feel sure. like fair to me. Silence of the Lambs is just a narrative and there's not, it's not like, there's something about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that's supposed to be like, you're, I feel like we're supposed to learn there's like a big mm -hmm. sit down in the classroom. The novel's written as a critique of, yeah. of Amer the institution, sit right? Sit down, let's learn about something. I think yeah. with that being a massive flagship product for the film and to come up short in ways that I feel like it came up short, mm -hmm. it is just a rent. I think what, what gets it up to rent for me is the performances. I think when you're looking at it as, you know, I mean, it's clearly a movie. Acting is a big part of that. Yes, the writing and stuff like that. Directing, yes. So it, it, it's checking all those boxes, but I don't think it does well, be it through what we've talked about, through time, the aging process or not, what it should be doing well. Sure. Personally. Yeah. So it's a rent. I am going to rent it for almost exactly the same reasons. If we're not careful, we're going to end up in lockstep for all three of these movies. But uh, I am, I'm renting it for pretty much the same reasons. I, I think it's great. Um, it's great film. It's important. And it was just okay to me for reasons stated previously. I, mm. I, I, struggled. I struggled with the movie. I did enjoy it. I do see why it is significant, why it is held in such high regard. And um, just overall content-wise... Not necessarily for me, but it's a it's a rent. It's 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 a good movie. It's 
it's worth watching. It's just, it doesn't make it into my upper echelon necessarily. I'm going to stream this movie. Okay. It is a good movie. It is well made. It is very well put together. It is skillfully executed. But I think it's most interesting from almost a more academic standpoint. Um, yeah. I think it, the comparison I'm making in my mind, uh, because I have the hobbies and interests of a World War I veteran, <laughs> is that this reminds me a lot of like, like the planets, a suite of, of uh, pieces of neo-romantic classical music composed Holst. by Gustav Holst. Yeah, I know Holst. Or it's, you know, like a John Philip Sousa march where it's like, this is interesting. The things that they're doing are wild. I can't believe that Holst is doing this in the the Jupiter suite, right? This is amazing. But it's nothing that I'm going to turn on in my car when I get ready to go to work. And I'm like, man, couldn't, couldn't, can't wait to listen to some Jupiter this morning, (laughs) right? It's interesting because of what grows out of it. It's interesting because of how much of that John Williams seems to have completely lifted for the Rebel Alliance fanfare, right? It's almost exactly Jupiter bringer of joy when he plays the Rebel Alliance music. And so that's interesting from an academic standpoint, but it's not quite as fun <laughs> recreationally. Right, you know right, what I right, mean? Right. Sure. That yeah, makes sense. No, I, think. I think that's fair. Well, um, the good news is if The Departed and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest have brought you down at all, uh, next week's look should be at least moderately more Heartwarming and uplifting, I would hope. Hmm. I'm lifted uh, straight up. As we close, uh, our uh, Matt and Jack do's and don'ts. Here's how you don't do that and do do, but mostly don't do mental health. Yeah. Uh, we are going to be wrapping up with Goodwill Hunting. Um, very exciting. Um, can't wait. I haven't watched it yet for the recording, but I'm very excited to watch it. And uh, we also... It's still good. From the, from the last time you watched it, it actually hasn't really changed much at all. It's good. still very good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, we also, as Carter mentioned previously, we will have um, a special guest host with us that's going to be really cool, really fun. Um, it, 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 this should be a banger episode. I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm not afraid. It's all signs be a point episode. to banger. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have been saying that. <laughs> so make sure you tune in and go visit a Kroger bakery. Buy a... Buy a- cookie cake just support them they got good stuff going on over there to end today's episode i'd like for each of us to say our name and say what you would have written on the cookie cake that you delivered to nurse ratchet i would say i'm jordan wonders and the cookie cake that i sent to nurse ratchet they would have to write in small font not a lot of icing on the outside of the cookie so we got plenty of room but i think the cookie cake would say dearest nurse ratchet comma I'm writing to inform you that I think the ways that you are approaching mental health and the care of your patients that have been entrusted to you at the institution at which you work are subpar. You need to reevaluate the way that you value, treat, and are kind towards the human beings in your life. Signed, and here's where it gets crazy, John F. Kennedy. Wow. He's already dead at this point. Truly didn't see that coming. So she's going to be freaked. Spooker right out. It's crazy because it's I his was, handwriting. It has to When be she believes that the ghost of John F. Kennedy has decorated a cake for her, it's going to change some things. I See, I was going to do the exact same joke. I was going to do the same joke of a super, super long text. Mm. So give me, give me a moment to recalibrate. Okay, yeah, no problem. I'm Doge. And I would write on this, on this cake delivered to Nurse Ratched. This cake is not, not, 
poisoned. Ooh. You can trust me, signed McMurphy. Ooh. But she can't trust McMurphy. So maybe the cake is poison. But McMurphy said you can trust me. So maybe she should trust him and the cake isn't poison. And she would uh, wither and die without the cookie cake. She'd never eat it. She's about to make one of the classic blunders, which is to uh, match wits with a Sicilian. Exactly. And death is on the line. <laughs> Clearly, I cannot choose the wine glass in front of me. I am Carter, first of all. And mine would be a collection of numbers. Who? Uh, 0.386, handful of those. Sure. You'll have, you know, four to three, six to two. And I think, I don't know how educated she is on this, but I do think that this would be something that would pique her curiosity. It's like, I, what do these mean? I want to be in the room when she finds out that those were the uh, main statistics of that season's World Series. Yeah. Um, mm. And that's just a jab, isn't it? It's like uh, you took it from us on the TV, you thought, but I do know exactly what happened in that game. You go find out how. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And all of these cookie cakes, by the way, are the ones with chocolate frosting, which are objectively the mm. worst. Mm. I like the chocolate frosting. I, was, I thought you were about to say best. No, yeah, the black and white, worst. the black and white frosting. That's the way the to white go. frosting slap. No, let me back it up. Hold on. Listen to me. Listen to me. If we're talking Great American Cookie Company, chocolate frosting can stay. That's a good time. Yeah, that's all yeah. I ever think of with those. If we're that's talking I, that, I don't like, listen. I don't get off brand from Kroger. If, if we're talking brand, cookie cake, if we're boy. talking that like whipped chocolate frosting, yuck. I still eat it. I still eat it. Yuck. Yuck. It tastes like jello pudding farted on the cake. <laughs> Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.